welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. morning to be preaching about Genesis and we have a series we're looking at the whole of Genesis the book of Genesis over the next few weeks which will be fabulous a great sweeping epic of a book beginning with the origin of the universe the formation of man and then we'll be looking at some of the major events in ancient history and setting up the redemptive plan of God so Genesis is a very important book uh, generally believed to be written by Moses. Uh, it spans more time than any other book in the Bible. So it's probably around about two and a half thousand years from creation to the Israelites settling in Egypt. And it's quoted over 200 times in the New Testament. So seen as an, a faithful and beautiful history of the beginning of time. So that's Genesis. We're going to be looking at that, looking at some of the main characters in Genesis. So if you have your Bibles with you, Let's turn to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. And we will begin at the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the heavens of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Praise the Lord. In the beginning, God... The Bible does not make any kind of elaborate argument for the existence of God. He was there. He is. He exists. He always has been. So let us not try and convince ourselves of his existence. We must just have faith. He is there. He always was, always is. Before time, he was there. He was in the beginning. Hebrews 11.3 is the great faith chapter to describe what faith is and what faith that the men of old had that we can learn from. And right at the beginning of that chapter, it says that by faith, we understand that the world 
was framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. God made things which we can see like this from things which we can't see, invisible things. He used his word. The power of his word is not seen with the visible eye and that's how God created. We see that in Genesis 1. He can create matter from non-matter. He can create something from nothing. He thinks, he imagines, he dreams, he dreamt of you right from the very beginning. And then when he dreamt and he spoke, he created. That's how he did it. And that is the wonder of God, that he can create from nothing. And of course, this has been a great perplexity to men that don't want to believe in God and are frustrated with God. And so have tried to figure out, well, how, how did matter come around? How has how the universe formed? And so this last week, haven't done this for a while, but I thought, let's, let's see what the scientists are saying these days. Well, what are they up to? Where have they, what have they got? Come on, give me your best shot. Give me your best shot. So I went into, the, into Google and Google Scholar and I thought, what have you got, guys? What have you got these days? And um, I got a, few, a couple of quotes for you. The universe was permeated only by energy. It was born in a period of inflation that began about 13.7 billion years ago and it was like a rapidly expanding balloon. It swelled from a size smaller than a an electron to nearly its current size within a tiny fraction of a second. Some of this energy congealed, some of this energy congealed into particles which assembled into light atoms like hydrogen and helium. These atoms clumped, I love that word, clumped together first into galaxies and then stars inside whose fiery furnaces all the other elements were forged. So I read quite a lot of that kind of stuff and I intended to go kind of soft today. I thought, look, I'm not going to get into all the evolution stuff and the science stuff. I don't mind if a few of you, you know, if you, if you want to throw that into your Christianity, I guess it doesn't worry me that much. You know, at the end of the day, we're not talking about the cross, we're not talking about Jesus. I can live with that and I'm sure there are some of you that think, haven't thought about it too much or you're okay with that and I... I mean, I was the same. I was a Christian. I went to school. We were taught evolution. I thought, okay, whatever. I don't know. God, I, I just, I'm a Christian. God started it off. I, I don't know how. But it, it doesn't worry me too much. It's something happened when I read about matter coming from energy that got clumped into a planet like the earth. I got angry. I got really angry. I got really, really angry. And I thought, this is utter nonsense. This is ridiculous. I kept looking for something. I thought, give me something, guys. Give me something better than clumping. Give me something, some scientific mechanism that can turn non-matter into matter rather than clumping. And I'm telling you right now, I may not have a science degree, although I did study anthropology at university, but I do have an English degree. And I can understand what they write, even though they try to make it ununderstandable. You have to use Google every now and again, you know, dictionary. But I understand. And I understand what makes sense and what doesn't. I can read science. I'm not smart. I can't figure it out, but I can read what they put. And I'm telling you, it is not wise. It does not make sense. And I decided, no, I'm not going to go easy on this. 
I'm going to go really strong because I got angry. And then I discovered that God is angry about it too. I never really thought about it, but God is angry at their nonsense. Let me read what Stephen Hawkins, the great, amazing, wise man Stephen Hawkins says. I developed a picture of the spontaneous quantum creation. I love how they always throw the word quantum in of the universe to be a bit like the formation of bubbles of steam in boiling water. A few of the little bubbles grow to a certain size at which they are safe from recollapse and they will continue to expand to an ever-increasing rate and will correspond to the universes that start off expanding. The gravitational attraction of the density would cause the reason to collapse to form galaxies and stars. I mean, it's nonsensical. And if you find a decent scientist, even the you know, non-Christian scientists, they will agree. They will say at the end of the day, well, uh, really, we, we don't have much. And they're right. The ones like Stephen Hawkins that have the audacity to write that things were clumped or collapsed into galaxies are the stupid ones. And I will say that there are some scientists who I actually thought, well, at least, at least you're a little bit wiser um, I mean, obviously, there's some great scientists like Kepler, Copernicus, Galileo, Francis Bacon, Pascal, Isaac Newton, William Kelvin, who believe in God. And Kepler said, our piety is the deeper, the greater is our awareness of creation and its grandeur. So some of the scientists were smart enough to know that, guys. But interestingly, there's a few really wise scientists who aren't Christians but they are, at least have the humility to acknowledge that we haven't got a clue. And one of those, interestingly, is Einstein. Einstein said, science without religion is lame. Religion without science is blind. So science is good. We, we like science. We just don't like it without religion. He main, Einstein maintained a sense of wonderment and refused to um, try to explain, as he called it, the mystery of the universe. So I think, well, good on you, Einstein. He doesn't seem to have been a Christian, but at least he had the decency to acknowledge that they don't know. But the guys that get there and sort of try to tell me that the universe... I mean, can you imagine a a planet being clumped? The the complexities of this planet is no clumping. It's, It's an incredible design. So God gets angry. He writes in Romans 1, 18, "'The wrath of God is revealed from heaven.'" which is an interesting thing. God is actually revealing his anger about this. And it was, it was interesting to me because I went, where is he revealing this anger? Like, where? It was kind of like God's showing how angry he is. And I was like, really? Where? Like how? And it was as I went in to explore this, I, that's, I felt that anger. I went, oh, he's revealing it in me. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling this anger. He's, he's showing his anger against the ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They, the, when you read in detail what's going on in science, they take something that will show their theory to be true, those pieces of evidence that somehow help them, and publish that. But pieces of evidence, and believe me, there are many, many, many that show that evolution, that matter from non-matter is impossible. They suppress that truth. Oh, we won't, we won't publish that. We'll just hide that because it... That doesn't fit with their worldview. They suppress that truth. They suppress the truth in unrighteousness. It's an unrighteous thing to suppress truth. It's wrong. Because what may be known of God is clear. It's manifest in them because God has shown it to them. Since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. 
being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead, they are without excuse because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God and were not thankful and became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were, were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. There is a sustained evidence of God's creation, his power in the universe. You only have to look outside to see evidence of creation, evidence of the power of God. He says that very clearly. It's very clear. You can see the power, the majesty, the beauty of God just by looking at a sunset, just by looking at a beetle, just by studying the eye. You begin to understand something of God's immensity and, and enormity and, and power, but they refuse to see that because they don't want to. It's as simple as that. And sadly, as you go on reading in Romans, I, see, I didn't think, I just thought it didn't matter what we believe that much about this. I mean, I always, I know what I believe, but I just thought it didn't matter. But it goes on in Romans chapter 1 and says, because they chose to be, to refuse to believe in what he's shown, it says he gave them up. He gave them up to their vile lusts and their sin. He said, you won't acknowledge me as your creative God and your powerful God. So he says, all right, you do, you, you go on then, you go and do this stuff that you want to do. He gave them up. And so sin and some of the sins being particularly vile in God's sight is a result of not believing in God. It's a result of not believing that God is all powerful as seen in creation. So I started to realize, wow, I've never really put such a strong connection between the world's current obsession with evolution and it's okay, you know, God's sort of not there. And even so many Christians that feel that they have to somehow include this scientific nonsense into their own belief, I've never put that so closely together with the problem of sin in the world. Because if God's not powerful or if God sort of is just distant and not really caring and just kind of, oh, well, we'll just set the ball rolling and see what happens with, with the world, you know, if he did it that way, then it doesn't, he's not engaged, he's not involved, he's not, he's not intricate, he's not powerful, and therefore it doesn't matter what we do, we can sin. I've never realised the connection, but it's very, very clearly put in Romans chapter 1. So it's important that when we start at the beginning, we believe the beginning. Because God wrote Genesis chapter 1 for a reason. He didn't put it there for us to sort of just go, oh, well, that was sweet, wasn't it? But that's what they believed in the old days. It's like, no, he, it reveals his majesty and his power. And it's important for us to believe what he's put in the word of God. If we don't believe the very first chapter of what we're reading, why believe any of it? It's all true. It, is, it, is it any harder for Jesus to come to earth and say, walk, bam, and someone walks, than for God to say, light, bang, and light is, there's no difference. If God can, can make a man walk, he can certainly make light. So let's believe in the power of God. We've seen it in our church. Let's believe that the power of God that we see all around us exists on, in, 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 in the beginning. It was always there. This is how God created. This is how he did it. Listen to what God says to these fools that think they're so smart. Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place? Job 38. Where is the dwelling of light and the darkness? Where is its place? Do you know? Like, first you can just read that and go, I don't know, darkness goes away. But it's like, where? 
where's darkness? Like, they're actually quite intensely physical questions. You know, you can, get, you can get into that question in a big way. You know, you could start talking about dark matter and all this stuff out in the universe, which scientists are discovering. And, of course, scientists do some fabulous stuff. I mean, I, you know, I love scientists. They do discover a great many things, it, so long as they do it with humility. But when, the more that we look into the universe, the more complex they discover it to be. And they, they discover things like black holes and dark matter and all this, and then God says, do you know where that is? And, then, and man's trying to find out. But God knows. He knows it all. So we need to have, a, 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 have faith in God. That's all I'm preaching today. Have faith in God. That's what Jesus said. Jesus was there at the beginning. The Holy Spirit was there. We only have him as a witness. He was the only one that was there. So he describes what he saw. He describes what he saw. He saw earth created like that. By God. When I was looking at the history of creation beliefs, there's over years, you know, over in, in, in the centuries, there's often been groups of people that didn't want to believe in God's creation and things like that. It's not, a, it's not just our society that has these issues. But, um, but uh, some of the early Christians took, they didn't like Genesis 1 because they thought it took too long. Why would he take six days? What? what? It didn't take him a day. I mean, if you just say light be, it only takes him a second. So they, they used to argue about it. It's too long. Genesis must be wrong because it's, God would never take that long to create. So it's interesting all the different things that people have a problem with. But, the, um, but of course, the reason he took six days and then rested on a seventh was because he created a working week for us. He wanted us to understand how to work and how to rest. That was for us. And pretty much we still do that, which is incredible if you think about it, all the way from creation. So have faith in God. Have faith in God. Please don't put your faith in men. Don't put your faith in men whose philosophies change every 10, 20, 100 years or so. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Don't, scientists are good. They can be good, but they can also be not good, like everybody else, like everybody else. My favourite scientist, of course, the, 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 a very wise scientist, may not be elite at this stage. And my favourite scientist is Luke Brown, yes, who spent several years at university studying all these sorts of things, doing medical science, and, you know, particularly in regard to the body and all those sorts of things. And so I was talking to him about it, which was really fun. It was really fun to, because I never really, you know, you send your kids off knowing that they're gonna, their head is going to be filled with all sorts of nonsense at university, and then you just trust God that they will discover, they will filter out the nonsense and manage to find a few useful things in the midst of it all, which of course they do. It's not, you know, universities aren't all bad, although they have their issues. But um, Luke was subjected, in fact, all my children were subjected to constant evolution at university. And I may say that um, they weren't really allowed to express their Christian perspective anymore because freedom of speech in our universities is pretty much dead, which I think is appalling, seeing as the university is there to, to train people to think but it's like so long as you think the way we think, which is appalling. That's another subject. Um, but anyway, um, so they sit there quietly and, and listen to these theories. And, and it's, you know, if you're a parent, be confident in your children. Be confident in their ability to find what's true and what's not. Don't be frightened of the world. I'm not frightened of the world. 
And Luke made a great comment as he, he was saying how much he loves Genesis 1 and how, you know, he, he has himself gone in and studied all the science. And he says, oh, mum, they've got not, there's nothing there. They, they, they can't prove anything. They, they're just, just, it's a mess. And he's better at this than me. But um, he, one comment he made, which I thought was great, he said all these theories, and some of the theories you understand within, within a theory, there is elements of truth. You know, it's not, it's not all lies. They, they sort of have truth mixed in with, with, but his comment, which I thought was good, was he said, it's like an upside down pyramid, mum. He said, all these theories, they're all just kind of, uh, they're hanging on this single lie. This single lie. And that lie is, there is no God. That's their problem. You take away that lie and replace that with truth. There is a God. All the science falls into place. And all the areas that we can't answer, God has the answers for. And that's what he says to Job. There are things we can't answer in science and in life and in our own hearts. There are many things we can't answer. But God has the answer. So let us put our faith in God. Have faith in God. Believe what he says and then move away from then, then move into science, then move into discovery. But let's start with our faith in God, not our faith in uncertain science or scientists who don't, who don't know. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. Let's go on. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, the trees that yield fruit, whose seed was in itself according to its kind. And God saw it was good. So there was evening and morning, the third day. And then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light on the earth. And it was so God made two great lights, the lesser light to rule, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars as well. I love that God made the sun and the moon after he made light, of course. He knew that early man, not so much these days, but in early times they had a propensity to worship the sun. So he said, let's just make quite clear that the, the light came before the sun. Because, of course, God has no trouble creating light outside of the sun. God made the firmament in the heavens to give light on the earth. To, okay, so I said that. So then, verse 20. So we'll just stop there. So now we have vegetation. We have life created by God. And life itself is amazing. It's, it's amazing enough to have the, that he created the beautiful planets and the, the inanimate objects. But then to create life. Life is so incredible. And once again, scientists desperately trying to figure out how did life come from non-life. And, you know, so they, there's a law called biogenesis, which is that life can only come from life. RNA, DNA, RNA, all this stuff can only store information that it's got from information before. Now, of course, this is another big issue for scientists to try and show how a few bits of carbon or a few bits of, what else do they have in life? <laughs> What's made up of, yeah, amino acids, proteins, exactly. Proteins and carbon and stuff like that. How can they go from being inanimate, from being stuff, clumps, to life? Life is so different because life produces. Life has a memory 
of life. It reproduces. And they have been trying and trying and trying. And again, I looked up the science and they're trying and trying and trying. And every now and again, the papers go, oh, they've, they've done it. They've, they've, they've got some incredible machine and they're throwing everything at it. They're throwing lightning and atoms and this and that and trying to make that cell go boom, come to life. They're, they've been trying for many, many years to do this and they sometimes think they're close, but they are not even close. They're, they're not even close. There's no way that they have shown that they can get anything to replicate the RNA, the, the, the memory of life within itself. And the reason being because that the more science has developed, the more they understand how complex everything is. They used to think a cell was just a blob. But now that they can actually open up a cell, they go, whoa, within a cell is a whole universe. They're incredibly complex things that work together incredibly well. And they can't reproduce it. And they're, they're breathtakingly complex and breathtakingly powerful. A cell contains within itself such incredible power. And even an atom, and we know this. As See, this is what's so exciting as science has developed. It just proves more of God. The power of splitting an atom. We've managed to figure that one out, haven't we? And let's hope we don't do it too often. That's, you know, atomic bombs, nuclear reactions, all that. They, they're discovering just this incredible power. Where does this power come from? Such incredible power. Where does it come from? We know that it comes from God. We know that Jesus holds everything together by his power. This power is from God. So again, the scientists have been unable to, they, I read one, um, one person said, from goo to you. That's what they're trying to, to recreate, this idea that, that um, you know, you have a bit of goo and that, that turned into you. And it, it, again, you need to understand that even scientists themselves have great problems with all of this. They argue amongst themselves terribly. There's not, because we just get this idea when we, we're not in the scientific world that sort of they've figured it out and they know. They don't know. They don't figure it out. They argue terribly. There's complete dissension and, and disagreement because nothing has given them a quite a, an exact description of what's going on. But they, they think something like this, that there was several billion years ago a pond on the earth and then the mix of chemicals got just right and then the first cell popped into existence. So it's basically, again, this sort of... And, but then they used to think cells were very simple, so it just kind of popped. But now they realise, oh, there's all these different elements of a cell. So then someone came up with the idea that there was water running down mountains because they realised all these single elements have to come together suddenly, otherwise it doesn't make sense. So they get, oh, maybe all these waters running down mountains and then there was some kind of light, lightning strikes or something, and then all those little bits of the cell that must exist together to make sense hopped down at the same time, went bloop, and formed this DNA. So it, it's like, it, it, what? It, it, you, can't, you can't even, it's like, look, honestly, I know it's been done, but I can't resist doing it. You know, you get your watch, and it's, it's, as, if, it's as if I said, now look, there's, there's certain elements in this watch. The leather is made up of keratin, there's steel, iron, the glass is, what is that, silicon. All these bits, these these various elements that make up my watch. Imagine all those little bits were just sort of rolling down a hill one day and, and all the bits, they, they, at the right moment, a little bit of lightning, there was a lightning strike, went pshoom, and the bits, the, the leather and the, all the bits just kind of came down and went pshoom, and they formed into this watch like that. You might go, oh, Ruth, that's ridiculous. This watch, this watch is a much more simple 
Much, much, much more simple thing than, the, than a cell. Than a cell. So when you put it like that, you go, well, that's, that's impossible. It's like, of course it's impossible. Because even if you could get one element of my watch, how could they possibly all come together? In the exact, you've seen the watchmakers, it's got to be just, just that little bit there and that little bit there, otherwise the whole thing doesn't work. So unless it's perfectly timed and perfectly put together very, 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 very carefully, it won't work. And if it doesn't work, then it has no point in reproducing, does it? So can you see, this is the kind of stuff that they're dealing with. We don't know the complexities of a cell, so we just think, oh, well, it's craziness. Even more crazy, just imagine that one day when the watch bits were rolling down the hill and the lightning struck and it landed in a bit of a pond of goo down the bottom of the hill, that another element came in that kind of went, and then the watch came to life. And, and, and started to think and said, I'm a watch, I'm a watch. And, and was suddenly an alive watch that then had baby watches. What, it, how, what? You, can you see why I say to you, have faith in God. Please do not put your faith in scientists. By all means, scientists, tell me, tell me how the watch works. And they do this quite well. Tell me it's made of silicon and this and that. And tell me how the bits got carefully put together. But don't tell me that there's no designer, that there's no creator, that because they haven't got any kind of mechanism that makes any kind of sense. So my, 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 say, my, my heart for you is have faith in God. Have faith in God. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 116, the entirety of your word is truth. Every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Everything in your word is true, all of it. It's all true. It's, it will endure forever and it will always be. And God created this world the way he said he created it, with the power of his word, not by evolution, not by mutation, not by millions and billions of years, not by chance, but by his power. That's how he did it. That's how he said he did it. There is no alternative. If you believe in God, it's not a problem to believe in his word. It's not a problem at all. So let's have faith in an all-powerful God. Romans 1.17 says, The gospel of righteous, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. It's about faith and it's important that our faith is in a God of all power. And so I encourage you to go from faith to faith. Go from faith to faith. If you have faith that God exists, have faith, go to, a next, go to the next level of faith. Have faith that God is powerful. If you have faith that God is powerful, have faith that he's all-powerful. If you have faith that he's all-powerful, now maybe you can have faith that you can be healed, that God can solve your problem. Can you see how faith is important? Because it might just be out there, but one day you'll need that faith. You'll need it. So let's, you know, unbelief is a sin and it's dangerous. So whether you think Genesis 1, chapter 1 doesn't matter and you have unbelief about that, it does matter because unbelief spreads like a, a cancer inside of you. It's not healthy and neither are lies. It's not healthy. Truth sets you free. So what do lies do? Lies trap you. So you need to find out the truth. If, if, you, if this is not a faith that you have, let me encourage you to explore. If you're happy to accept my word for it or as Luke said, Hey, tell them to come and debate with me. I'll, I'll, I'll get them. I'll cover them. I'm going, go and talk to Luke. Go and talk to a proper scientist. He's more of a scientist than me. And he will show you. But 
ha either have faith in the word. If you don't need to explore it, fine. If you're the sort of person that needs to look up the explore, get online. There's fabulous scientists now who are publishing and saying what they believe, who are Christians, who are strong, who are bold. The, the group Answers in Genesis, you know, they are not, um, you know, they're constantly evolving their own opinions, but they're very bold, strong Christian scientists who believe in every word of God. Answers in Genesis, it's great. So how did God create the world? Answers in Genesis, there's some fabulous articles there to read about. So grow in faith. Let me encourage you, go from faith to faith. So um, I'll just share a little bit of my story in that. I was someone that um, believed in evolution because that's what I was taught at school. I didn't really think about it that much. I just thought, oh, they must know, the scientists, they're clever. And, um, and then that was through, throughout school. I did very well in biology, actually, at school. And uh, went to university and I was studying arts law and I studied anthropology because I thought that would be interesting, which is the origins of man. And my textbook, at the, the first page of my textbook was Genesis chapter 1. They just reprinted it. And I went, what's this? So, and the lecturer was like, you can see we have Genesis chapter 1 as the first page there. <laughs> now that's what they used to believe. And now we're going to find out the truth. And I was like, what? Like you, you print my God's word as a mockery? as an introduction to this course, I was, I was shocked. I was shocked that they had the audacity to print it as, as some kind of a mockery, like ha, ha, ha. Now let's learn what really happened. I was just like, I was really deeply shocked. I just, I'm still shocked that they, just the, the, just the audacity of, of man to do that. And so then they went on and told us the truth of how man was created. And I had to study and I had to go back to source materials, scientists, to find out why man primates learnt to do from, from kind of horses and things that go like that. How did we get this? The opposing thumb and finger, which is a very handy little thing. So I had to go and study what the latest scientists said as to why creatures that evolved went from this to this. So I looked it up and, and I'm reading about these these guys that said that they theorised that, you know, in Africa there were these creatures that were wandering around on the ground and they were getting hungry because there were seeds on the ground that they couldn't pick up properly and they wanted to pick them up and eat them and so some creature was born with this mutation that went like that and then more of them were born and then they could pick the seeds up and eat them. And I'm just like, are you, are you for, this is like, I feel like I'm reading a fairy tale. This is fantasy. How can you possibly know that's how it happened? Like what? What? And that really started me on an exploration to go, I can't be mocking my own religion and my own God. I, what, what's the truth? So I then started to discover these creationist guys and I love them. I was so excited to find that there were scientists. So I wrote an essay. <laughs> so here's my essay. This is hilarious. So they, they, gave, they let us decide on the, um, the topic. And so my topic, I decided, would be to summarise creationist theory and comparing it to the new Darwinian theory of evolution. That's what I handed in to my anthropology lecturer. So my anthropology lecturer, I, I thought it was very good. I just read it the other day. The theory of evolution has become an entren so entrenched in our culture that it is often considered there is no other alternative. Creation, as described in Genesis, is generally seen as an antiquitate... I can't read it anymore. I'm not so smart as I was then. Faith, not supported by scientific evidence. Anyway, so I went on to explain why creation science is quite quite good. Well, 
Well, my poor lecturer, he nearly went beside himself. Look, look at all the red, look the, on the whole, look at the cover. They never, I mean, you're lucky if they read it, but this guy was, he was just, oh, oh, you could see, he was, he was like, oh, oh, oh. I don't think he could believe that a, a university student would, could do, well, is, do I actually have a student that's handing this in? Like, oh, it, it, it just def, definitely upset him. And it's so funny to read the comments. They're so funny. You can read them afterwards if you can read them, but... They're just so funny. It's just, no, that argument hasn't been proven at all. What? No, that, 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 no, no, no. And, and on and on it goes until the final. <laughs> look, look, look at that. A whole page of red. The guy was irritated with me, I'm telling you. He's like, and it starts with, this is how it begins. I love that it begins like this. Your philosophical problem is that you imagine, as do many people, that science is da 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 and you're, he says, I'm not concerned with how we define science. My concern is that, you, that we uh, have to be very careful on the difference between propositions which can be proven and those which are merely faith. Creation decisively falls in the latter category. It is a matter of faith. I'm like, oh, right, and yours isn't? Your goo to you? Your, your sort of clumping is not faith? He said science is something that can be observed and proved. I went, hello? I don't think you were around. There's only one witness that was around the creation of it. You Don't tell me you guys observed and proved the way that your, your clumps came together. What a load of rot. So anyway, he gave me a credit. So, yeah. I mean, he was never going to give me a distinction for that one, was he? But, you know, at least I got a credit. So um, I think I annoyed him, if nothing else. Um, but the thing is, you know, I went on a journey and it was just wonderful to, to, to grow in faith and to, to gain faith in God. And um, God calls to life to the dead. God calls those things which are not as though they were, as though they were. So the Bible also says this in 2 Peter 3 verse 4. In the last days, scoffers will come, people who mock and scoff at us and, and think we're, we're so stupid. And they do, they mock us, don't they? Like this, the, the tone towards believers is such one of mockery. They will come walking according to their own lust. They, they willfully forget. They choose to not know. No, 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 I'm not going to, I don't want to know that that the heavens came into existence by the word of God and the earth also was formed out of water and through water. They willfully forget, they choose, they're willful, they don't want to believe and so they refuse to believe. But God created in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's how he did it. So my, my word to you today, church, is have faith in God. Have faith in God. Don't have faith in man, whether it's scientists who don't know, they certainly didn't observe, or even to some extent any man. Have faith in God because God is all-powerful and he has the answers on the beginning of the universe and he has the answers for your beginnings and he has the answers that you need to create everything that you need in your life. He has those answers. So have faith in God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, next week, we'll be looking at God's greatest creation, which would be you and me, and we'll be exploring that and exploring what happened to man next week.
Come on, let's pray. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.